Because back in those days, it was not cool to share your sins. Yeah. It was not, vulnerability was not, everyone splatting all over the social media world, every thought they ever had. People were hiding stuff. People were covering yeah. it. People didn't want to be found out. Yeah. So it started drawing people, and we wow. grew significantly. So much so, within the next few months, we went basically, at that time when we were now up to 100, basically 100 students to 600. In a few months. In a few months. Wow. Uh, and it was because the power of God was moving and worship was so genuine and so real, we would have to decide, should we play a worship song? Because if we do, we can't stop it. Wow. You know, what do we need to get done? We better say it on the front end. Wow. Because once the worship starts, we can't, wow. we can't stop it because wow. people are so undone. Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> it's How been some time since I've interviewed you. Oh, man. You've been I around interviewing you. all these people. Mm-hmm. But it's been good. I loved been the podcast. It's yeah. incredible hearing great stories and reviews and testimonies of people being touched. So, mm. you know what I've been, I was thinking about earlier? I was thinking about what God did kind of in the early days of Antioch that really started mm. in, a, in a college group that, that you stepped in to lead at Highland Baptist. Right. And, and, you know, a lot of times as we move forward, uh, so many times we, we, we want to step into the new thing that God is doing, mm. uh, but there's always something that God has done that we yes. can reclaim from the past. Yes, so I, I, love thought, that. I thought maybe we could just reclaim a little bit in yes. story form about what God has done, mm. maybe to inspire us for the future. So tell us a little mm. bit. Maybe tell us how did you get in that college pastor role? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I love that deal about reclaiming the ancient past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God has these pathways of the yeah. kingdom that he's just looking for anybody to, to take up, right? Yeah. To say, all right, I'm in, Lord. And for these ancient pathways of love and worship mm-hmm. and repentance and mm-hmm. holiness and hunger and thirst and all that great stuff that always works mm-hmm. uh, when our hearts turn fully to him. So um, uh, I was asked to be the college pastor. There were several transitions going on in the church. Yeah. We were experiencing you know, the, the grace of God in the training schools, but yeah. they, they asked me to be the college pastor. Pastor. And, you know, we prayed about it and all that good stuff and felt like God was saying to do it. And But in my mind, I thought, well, then, okay, what am I going to say to these students? Let's say we had mm-hmm. 60 or so, you know, that were really, yeah. all right, we're, we're still in this college. And how grade. old were you at this time? Uh, I was probably 24, 25, something like that. And, um, and so we were... Uh, I was saying, God, what do I preach on? And this phrase came to my mind, revival or nothing. So my first sermon to these students who were wondering who's the new college pastor was revival or nothing. Come on. And, uh, and, and I said basically, I think I probably said it to them, I should have just said it privately, was that, hey, I don't want to do pizza parties. I don't want to go to movies that are not, you know, that are uh, not terrible, but they're okay. You know, I don't want to just play Christian putt-putt. I want a revival, <laughs> revival <Come on. laughs> or nothing. And uh, so um, that's that was the first sermon. And I, that was at the end of their school year. And so I said, hey, when we come back, 
we're going for it. Wow. And I got together with a group of friends that we had been discipling. Laura and I both had been investing in young men and women. And we had literally 23 people join us mm. who were, we called them the out-of-college group, yeah. who had already come through. Many of them had been in our training school, and there were literally uh, 11 women and 12 uh, men. And we would spend an hour every Sunday afternoon or hour and a half praying and worshiping. Yeah. Actually, it was an hour and a half. And then we would stop abruptly, and we would say, all right, now let's spend an hour and a half talking about how do we do Acts 2 community that reproduces itself? How do we create a prayer movement? And how do we stay keep our eye on the ball of those who've never heard? Mm -hmm. So we just said, prayer sells emissions. How do That's we it. do all that, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that first year was just kind of trying to roll this stuff out, working it through, a lot of prayer meetings, a lot of fasting, a lot of trying to say, God, you got to make a way, you got to do something beyond us. Because you can have the best laid plans and the best strategies, mm -hmm. but if you don't have the Spirit of yes. God at work, uh, it may last for a while or do some, but it won't get to God's intended end unless the Spirit of God is literally leading it, overtaking you, renewing you consistently. So it's now fast forward kind of 18 months later, and we're in a leaders meeting in the, in the spring semester, um, and we are uh, uh, just seeking God, right? Just a worship time, we're praying, seeking God. And one of the gals stands up and says, hey, I have a scripture that I believe is from the Lord. Can I share it? I said, oh, absolutely. And she shares out of Hosea 6, and she says that, that scripture where it says, your love is like the dew. Mm. It rises quickly, but fades even quicker. Yeah. That's a paraphrase. Yeah. And she said, she begins to pray, Jesus, we've l l not loved you as we should. Our love has been so short-lived. And she begins to cry, and she begins to just say, Jesus, we want to love you. Forgive us for not loving you rightly and fully and completely. So, man, just the Spirit of God hits all of us, and we're all kind of teary or crying or whatever. And then somebody comes up, this gal comes up and says, I need to confess something I've never told anyone in my life. Uh, and she said, I had an abortion when I was a teenager. I have to say it. And I thought, well, okay, you know, it was a leaders meeting, say about 40 people or so. And she confesses that. Well, you would have thought that like this door blew open and a hurricane came in because of the presence of God. And then people just begin to stand up and confess their sins out loud. Some of the darkest, darkest places they've ever been in their lives. They've never shared with anybody. Mm -hmm. And we are just undone. So you had that worship, that attentiveness to first love, and then the repentance yeah, started, yeah, yeah. right? It says it's his loving kindness that leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm. And so as this is going on, it was about a four and a half hour deal that afternoon. I'm like, wow, God, you're really calling us to, to be honest and, and vulnerable and clear as never before. So I, I, I literally looked through old journals hmm. that I had been I had been kind of going through the Bible several times and writing down key topics, sin, deliverance, freedom, joy, intimacy with Jesus. Anytime mm -hmm. I would hit one of those topics, I'd write a scripture down and write my thoughts on it. So I went back through and I said, all right, repentance and sin and confession. I looked at all those deals, listed all those scriptures, and I said, all right, it seems to me that the way to get out of sin and to be free in the love of Jesus is to confess, repent, 
build yourself up in the word of God and then testify humbly mm. and boldly what yeah. God has done yeah. or, or to be honest and vulnerable with what he's doing. So I did a four-part series, Confession. Literally, um, people were lined up uh, uh, like for hours just wanting to get everything out. Mm. And then we did repentance and change. Kind of, We went through this. As we did, the crowds began to grow. Mm. It's that weird thing yeah. you would think because back in those days, it was not cool to share your sins. Yeah. It was not, vulnerability was not, everyone splatting all over the social media world every thought they ever had. People were hiding stuff. People were covering yeah. it. People didn't want to be found out. Yeah. So it started drawing people, and we yeah. grew significantly. So much so, within the next few months, we went basically, at that time when we were now up to 100, basically 100 students to 600. In a few months. In a few months. Wow. Uh, and it was because the power of God was moving and worship was so genuine and so real, we would have to decide, should we play a worship song? Because if we do, we can't stop it. Wow. You know, what do we need to get done? We better say it on the front end. Wow. Because once the worship starts, we can't wow. we can't stop it because wow. people are so undone. Mm. Uh, and, and if a new worship song came out, I mean, all of us learned G, C, D, and E minor on the guitar mm. for those musicians out there. And we would Annoying. put any song in those chords, and man, it, it would just hit like a bomb. I mean, the, just the water of God. It wasn't like who's the most anointed worship leader or who's not. Yeah. It's the people were so hungry yes. for Jesus. And so as I as people ask me, you know, uh, different times, you know, how do you reach young people and all that stuff? It, it's like I said on a couple of podcasts ago with Luke is that. It's just very simple. I mean, people are made for Jesus, and they want an authentic, real, intimate relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if we, if me and you, and those, if we're genuine, if we're authentic, yeah. if we're encountering God, if it's real in us, if we're feeling, tasting, and touching it, people are going to see it. They're going to know it. And if we're, mm. uh, and then right, take it next level. Not just loving Jesus and worshiping Jesus, but then gut-level honest about yeah. confession and repentance. He is, and I am not. Yeah. He is holy, and here's my unholiness. Yeah. And not looking for a way to justify it. Yeah. I think I get grieved slash concerned yeah. when when it's popular to just say, oh yeah, that's just my deal, but you know, basically God doesn't care because he loves me no matter what. Mm -hmm. He absolutely loves you no matter what, but what you're doing is breaking his heart yeah. and it's keeping you from his power yeah. and his intimacy and his presence, and it's keeping other people from getting delivered. Yeah. Yeah. So man, you know, they used to have this little phrase uh, for like heart disease, this little slogan, if not for yourself, for the loved ones in your life. Yeah. And my deal is, look, man, get free. Um, confess, repent, turn, experience the power of God, not only for you, but there is a train of people that God wants to bring behind you to be delivered and to have hope because mm. we have been honest, because we've been authentic in our worship, honest in our confession, and repentance in our lifestyle. Yeah. So turning and changing the way we're living and um, and when that starts happening, community starts forming. Yes. Because we think that, you know, the kind of this kind of key phrase everywhere, just community, community, community. <clears throat> community uh, around anything other than the beauty and humility of Jesus yeah. and a confessional people who want to live with him and for him yeah. is short-lived at yes. best and is twisted or perverted at the yeah. most. 
it's short-lived because it has no substance in the middle of it which is Jesus and honesty and integrity. Yeah. It's like the, commu- the the form is supposed to follow the, yeah. the fire. The life, we, right. We're, we yeah. bring, the fire starts, it's it's like starting an actual fire. Yeah. You get it lit, right. and then you start adding logs to it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and it's the momentum drives the community. Absolutely. The community driving the momentum. Yeah, and, and here's another interesting thing. I would say for Laura and I, those first few years, um, uh, you know, we, we, we grew up in our own little kind of social group in high school. We kind of had a similar friends who had similar yeah. interests and everything else. But in the beauty of God, when a, when a community gets honest with God, with each yeah. other, God begins to not only broaden the community, but you meet people you would never interact with. You meet people from all kinds of backgrounds and walks of life and, you know, uh, experiences of life and everything else. And it's an, it turns to be a, quite an eclectic bunch, yeah. right? Yeah. It's an eclectic bunch of Jesus followers. Yes. And that's like beautiful. Yeah. That's a church at Antioch. Sounds we like see that among the disciples. Yeah. We see that in the 120 who were waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. You had moms and dads. You had carpenters and doctors. You had tax collectors and uh, Roman soldiers. I mean, you had just an eclectic bunch of people who had been uh, stirred by Jesus and his life and wanted the Spirit of God. Yeah. So that when the Spirit of God falls on a community like that, you see uh, the diversity of God immediately. And when God falls on a community, even if it's homogeneous to begin with, God eventually yeah. makes it diverse. Yes. Because the, 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 uh, the missing factor sometimes in our diversity discussions is the Spirit of God, hmm. right? I mean, uh, my friends who are like, so I'm a white guy, my friends who are Hispanic or African-American or Asian or Native American or what, whatever their background is, when we get in the spirit of God around worship yeah. and around the kingdom and around the mission of God, the beauty of it just only doubles and triples because we're different. Mm-hmm. But when we, uh, when we have only looking at each other's skin colors and past experiences, yeah as a centrality for diversity, I think ultimately we're going to miss the heart of God for each other. And I think it's very difficult to have unity around humanism versus unity around uh, God's uh, cultural uh, mosaic that he created, right? It's so easy to see the beauty of diversity when our hearts are right with Jesus and to honor one another more rightly. Yeah, so you're hitting hitting on a lot of big topics here. Uh A lot of big Mm -hmm. topics, two huge things that, that are actually really big in our community right now right here in Waco one is the the need for the the home group the cell yeah, group yeah. and the community coming together we're doing these host groups and the need for cultural and racial diversity yeah and these are two huge topics that we're engaging right. with all our heart and soul right and what I'm hearing you saying is those won't find their fullness without the Spirit of God moving behind it all. It has to be Him in and through it creating it because when He comes with power, He makes those things happen. Yeah, well, so so real change is not possible but by the Spirit of God. Yeah. Real change in me. Whatever my issues are that could be a block to somebody else's walk with God or somebody else's value or worth or inclusion, whatever it is that someone else needs, 
ultimately my best human attempts at that will yeah. never be genuine and clear and clean enough yeah. to actually bring the unity that the Holy Spirit yes. promises, right? The spirit so, of unity. So um, there's so many practical things that we do need to do for one Absolutely. another to see the water level increase in our hearts. But if it doesn't start and begin with a work of God, yeah. there is no permanent lasting change. Yeah. So what we're believing for in our city, what we're believing for in our own community, is diversity for the long haul yeah. so that the mosaic of the beauty of Jesus is made manifest yes. through the church for his glory because we've gathered around him. Yeah. And from there, we yeah. see his hand yeah. in our midst. So that's 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 a part of the contending. It's huge. Um, and uh, and I think I think you know what we what we started with. I just want to go back to yeah, you, yeah, and yeah. I think that was our point of today was. So what were those? What were those three or four things that were going on? Yeah, what, that created the right environment. Yes, right? That was my thought while you're talking is yeah. we can't. I I've realized doing what I do. I've realized I can't make that happen. Mm -hmm. But what I can do is I can make an environment for that to happen. Absolutely, amen. It's the yeah. same thing with almost anything with our prayers and yeah. we can we can't. Force things, yes. but we can create an environment for them. So, yes. tell us yes. how do we make well, that environment? Uh, 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 what was the environment like? Yeah, and how do we yeah. Make it? I, I, I just give just a few things for today, and then we yeah. can pick this up yeah. uh, at another time. Um, and and obviously the, the the environment of worship, right? But yeah. authentic worship. This isn't yes. performance worship. Yeah. This is hey, we are here, we're all before God. We need Him. We're yeah. we're singing the songs of the heart, right? Yeah. We're yeah. digging in deep, right? The declaration of God, but also the songs of the heart. That prayer that is persevering, like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna keep asking and ask and keep asking and hope against hope, I'm gonna yeah. keep asking. Yeah. So uh, history goes to the intercessors. Absolutely. In the end, they lay the tracks for whatever God's wanting to do. There is no track laid over the long haul that hasn't been laid in prayer. So you gotta yeah. be convinced of it, right? Worship in prayer. And then you've got to find the, the promises of God. For us in those early days, uh, that's when we found that Isaiah 54, 2 and 3 yeah. promise. And we just contended and we would just yeah. take promises from the Word of God and just bang the wall. So mm -hmm. everybody knew how to pray the promises of God. Yeah. Everybody knew that it was going to be heart worship. Everybody knew that we were uh, going to pray. But probably that one that is, that is, is at times missing is a genuine desire for holiness, mm. not because we should, not because we're trying to prove anything, not because we're trying to even justify ourselves, yeah. but I want to know him. Uh, blessed are the pure in heart, for yeah. they shall see God. Yeah. And therefore, then confession is not just the confession of our mouth, it's the confession of our heart. Yeah. And repentance is a desire, not I got caught, oh no, I've got to change yeah. something. Man, I want to be with him. I want his lifestyle. I want his ways. Mm -hmm. That one, actually, the reason I said that last is an environment because you got to have the, the soil has to be yeah. softened with worship, prayer, and in the Word of God yeah. to get to genuine confession. Because you got to see him. Because uh, conf confession is simply agreeing with God the way that God sees things. So I got to see mm -hmm. God to see things the way God sees yeah. things. And then let that grief, if you will, turn me to a life change that uh, is uh, tangible, practical, yeah. and freeing. There's so many other things we could yeah, say, yeah, yeah. but um, I'll end with this. Um, a friend was talking to me yesterday about the power of their little uh, host group that they, they had yeah. to come to this, and they said, uh, 
Here's how the guy who led it started off. They had people there where there were unbelievers and people that were new. He said, hey, mentioned his name, and he said, uh, I was addicted to pornography for 10 years, and it led me to adultery, and I, and I cheated on my wife, but she stayed with me, and we're still here. And he, said, and, I, and he said, I've come out of that and found God to be faithful and everything else, but I found out that now I'm addicted to insecurity and rejection. He said, I walk into a room, and if everybody doesn't accept me, I'm dealing with insecurity and rejection. He mm. said, so I'm believing God for breakthrough. Mm. That's why I'm leading this group. That's why I'm in. <laughs> I'm believing God for breakthrough. And my buddy said, whoa. I mean, it was like, hello. But wow. he said it was holy because the guy wasn't trying to do anything. Yeah. He was just saying, we're going to be honest. I need a breakthrough. Pray yeah. with me. Pray for me. And I'm here to help you. Boy, may we be honest with a desire yes. for Him. For Him. Right? Amen. So let it be, Jesus. There's a lot of good things in there. <laughs> yeah. Hope you guys took something away and can run with it. And we will continue the stories Amen. of future podcasts. Thanks Amen. so much. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.